Settling in with your posture. Connecting with your anchor. Connecting with your, the practice as you've been exploring it with body, breath, sound. Giving preference to that aspect of experience to support a settling of the mind. And other experience will arise other than the sensations connected with the anchor. When those become strong, kind of pull the attention. We don't have to yank the attention back to the anchor. Taking a moment to acknowledge or perhaps even use a note. Hearing, sensing. And you can stay with that other experience as long as it's predominant as it fades, as it will, then you can gently allow the attention to reconnect with the anchor. Sometimes those other experiences stay stronger for a little while. And that's fine. We can just explore that with mindfulness. One kind of experience that often arises in meditation can pull the attention is the experience of thought, becoming aware of thinking. We can have a kind of conflicted relationship with thinking, partly because 
thoughts are often associated with when we lose mindfulness. The mind wanders into thinking and we lose mindfulness. A wandering mind is an absence of mindfulness and thoughts are often a part of that. But thoughts themselves are not necessarily connected with loss of mindfulness. We can be aware of thought. We can know a thought is just a thought much as we can know a sound is just a sound. A body sensation is just a body sensation. We can use a, for some it may be useful to use a, a light note, even just thinking is happening. as a kind of a connection to the awareness that we can be aware while thinking. Thinking. Thoughts can often be associated with an emotional arising of emotion. Almost like sometimes the thoughts are kind of the emotions sending up flares saying, I'm here, pay attention to me. Anushka described this the other day, the way thoughts and emotions are connected. And so sometimes if thoughts come up, it can be useful to check in. Is there an emotion happening related to the thought? Sometimes if we can connect with the emotion, connect with the bodily experience of the emotion, the thoughts will let go without our needing to try to push them away, but just the connection with the emotion is kind of what the thoughts were pointing at. And there are lots of times in meditation that thoughts arise without necessarily being connected with a strong emotional component. The mind simply drifting. When there isn't a lot of emotional content, emotional charge to the thoughts, it can be useful to notice how we are thinking rather than being much concerned with the content how we are thinking. Thoughts can appear in our mind 
as if we were talking to ourselves. It's one very common way. Or perhaps as if we were hearing somebody else speak to us. We might just notice that kind of thinking as either talking, self-talk, or hearing. Knowing that we're not actually hearing, but, but that it's the thought connected to that sense modality. Thoughts also occur often as visual images in the mind. I found it helpful to recognize seeing for those kinds of thoughts. So not involved with the content, but just connecting to how the thinking is happening. We don't have to aim or look for thoughts, but they will arise. And so in this sitting period, connecting with your anchor and settling the attention with the anchor, allowing, cultivating that stability of mind, And if the attention is pulled to thinking, just noticing that. If there's a stronger content with some emotional tone connected, perhaps acknowledging lightly the content, planning, remembering, judging, fantasizing, or just thinking. And if there isn't a lot of emotional connection or charge, perhaps noticing how the thinking is happening, seeing, hearing, talking,
thoughts. Thoughts are a natural mental phenomenon, mental process that arises in our minds. It's in the category that the Buddha used around different processes of body and mind. He talked about process of body, process of feeling, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, process of perception, recognition of of experience, process of mental formations, and process of consciousness or knowing. And we'll talk about those in more detail over the course of the retreat. Thoughts are in this category of mental formation. They are both conditioned by our prior experience. And so we see this, we can recognize if there's an emotion that arises, often thoughts kind of are um, a result of that emotion. Guy Armstrong sometimes says that thoughts come off of emotion like mud comes off a flywheel. And so there's that conditioning power of of, uh, emotions that can lead to thought. Then also sense impression, a sound, we hear a sound. And then there's sometimes a rudimentary kind of thought actually in the category of perception, which I just mentioned a moment ago, that recognizes what the sound is. Turkey. Sometimes that comes up as a word in the mind. And, and it's not that we're consciously trying to note that sound as turkey, but it's the process of perception at work. <laughs> Turkey. And so that's a conditioning. The sense impression can condition a rudimentary thought. That rudimentary thought can then condition other thoughts. Thinking about that turkey I saw with my dad when I was five. So it gets a little further, you know, it, it elaborates a little bit. So a thought can condition another thought. Thoughts can then condition emotions. That thought of seeing that turkey with my dad when I was five might condition some emotions around their relationship with my father. So seeing and watching thoughts at work, there's there's a couple of really good reasons to do this. One is it's just a process, and we begin to see the conditioned nature of our experience, the not-self nature of our experience, and seeing how experience conditions other experience. It's not me deciding to think about my father and the turkey. It's a condition based on the associative nature of our minds. Sound of turkey, conditioning recognition, maybe an image of turkey in the mind, the memory, followed by emotions. I didn't decide to do that. There was no I involved in that. It was a process unfolding. So we begin to learn something about the conditioned nature of experience through observing how thoughts interplay with emotions, with body sensations with other thoughts. Also, I would say it's really useful to gain the skill in um, becoming aware of thoughts precisely because we have such a habit of not being aware when we're thinking. It is simply a habit. It's kind of what we've been trained to do in a way, you know, what we've habitually learned. Actually, I would say we've habitually learned that it's not, or that we haven't, we haven't learned that it's useful to be aware while we're thinking. It is possible to be aware while we're thinking, and we haven't really learned that. And so we're training our minds to become aware while we're thinking. Very often, those thoughts are 
sometimes those thoughts are not particularly sticky. They're not particularly, you know, we just get these random thoughts that come in, seemingly random. They are conditioned. They are conditioned by some experience. Often when we simply notice that we're thinking, the momentum behind that thinking just dissipates because the awareness is there. And so it really begins to cultivate the conditions for more continuity. We tend to, when a thought arises, kind of get hooked by the content of the thought. Think that the content is important. And so the the recognition that I am thinking kind of takes us a step back from the content more to that we're recognizing thinking is happening, more to the process of thinking that's going on. So it can support the continuity of mindfulness to become aware of thinking. And often I would say, you know, noticing that really rudimentary kind of thinking that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, the 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 sound, for instance, conditioning a recognition of what it is, the turkey, the sound of turkey, or the sound of the door opening and, you know, knowing or hearing that. And maybe the mind creates an image of a person walking through the door. So thoughts happen and perception happen through, through you know, it may be as if we're speaking to ourselves as if somebody else is speaking to us, or an image in the mind. And so we may, we may um, see an image of a person coming in the door. And if we don't notice that, if there's not the kind of capacity, or we haven't cultivated the capacity, or the interest, really, it's really the interest to notice thought. We haven't cultivated that, then very often the mind kind of out of habit gets hooked into the content, the mind thinking somebody walking through a door, and then a whole relationship to that gets comes up. And we tend to uh, wander out of the present moment because we've gotten hooked into the content. I would say that a, a lot of the reason our mind wanders uh, is because our attention has shifted to some sense experience. We've been perhaps attending to the breath, you know, noticing our anchor and then the sound, you know, kind of we have a priority perhaps to be with the breath and the sound happens that the, the mind kind of shifts its attention to that, but we haven't consciously noticed that. The mind shifts to the sound, notices that it's turkey and is off thinking about turkey. And so the, the kind of recognition of, of that perception of the thought that comes with the shift of attention. Really useful. That's a lot of the reason why our minds leave the present moment. We haven't caught a shift of attention from perhaps our breath to a sound or another body sensation. Another very common kind of thinking that happens is what I would call something like, um, well, maybe dreamlike images. Not particularly charged, but just seemingly random, nonsensical images coming up. Dr- like dreams, and sometimes we think we're asleep. But, you know, if, if you're noticing that kind of image and you're not doing this... You're not dropping like that. It's probably the mind entering into a very relaxed state in which it has lost awareness. Because that state is often quite pleasant and very relaxed. But mindfulness hasn't quite connected with it. And so that kind of experience, you know, noticing when there are hypnagogic states, uh, that like the dreamlike images like that, it can be really useful to kind of check in. When you notice those, check into the quality of the mind that is having those thoughts. It often feels very spacious, very relaxed, quite pleasant. So it can be a little bit of a, you know, 
nice thing to become aware of the state of mind. Not to hook into the content of those thoughts again. You know, what is the quality of the mind there? We can actually... So that, that exploration is like elevating the interest of mindfulness to the state, to that relaxed, spacious state. So not really attending to the thoughts themselves, but to the quality of the mind that is producing those thoughts. That we can elevate, that the, the mindfulness can take an interest in that. And it can often feel, you know, very broad. We talked about diffuse experience the other day around emotion, but this can also be a very diffuse kind of, you know, Milky Way or Northern Lights kind of experience around relaxed mind. And so that can be very uh, interesting and useful to, to attend to. Sometimes it's, it, it's enough to just bring interest of what's this quality of mind like to keep the mind aware and present there. And then it may be useful if the mind keeps slipping back into those dreamlike images to return to the anchor. But give yourself a chance to connect with that very spacious, relaxed quality of mind. I found in my own experience sometimes that when the mind wakes up into that kind of state, you know, it's like the mind has wandered into that kind of state, it's the drifty, dreamlike image state. If I take an interest in that state, you know, what's here now as I'm waking up? Wow, really relaxed and spacious. Sometimes the, the, um, the mind recognizes it's more relaxed now than it was before the mind wandered. It's almost like our mind is telling us, you're trying too hard. You know, chill out, relax a little bit. You're holding too tightly to that breath. And then we might begin to get a sense of that more spacious, relaxed attention. Another exploration there might be like just inviting the breath back into that space. So relaxed, broad awareness. Maybe the breath can come into that. So I've learned to be curious about those comings and goings of mindfulness around the wandering mind to take in the state there, especially with those drifty kind of experiences. Because the the mindfulness can infuse that relaxed quality, if there's interest there. So we have a, a few minutes, maybe a few minutes for for questions, if there are any questions at Diana. I actually have two questions. Do you find it helpful to see thoughts as aversion to boredom? I, I would say that that, um, that that may be happening, you know, that if a boredom is arising you know, then uh, the mind might have aversion to the boredom and produce thoughts out of that aversion. But I wouldn't assume that's the case. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why the mind thinks. And so curiosity about what's there. I would say, you know, you notice your thinking, really useful to kind of just open into, well, what's here with this? You know, I've become aware. You know, the mind has wandered, perhaps. I've become aware the wandering of that mind has often like created a kind of landscape of experience. And so I often kind of use the kind of question, well, what planet did I wake up on? You know, mm-hmm. am I on planet boredom? Am I on planet aversion? Am I on planet calm with this wandering? So, you know, just curiosity about what's there with the thought, that'll let you know perhaps whether it is aversion to boredom. It, it might be, but I wouldn't just assume that. Do you find it helpful to try to recognize the beginning of a thought? To really try to see when it forms, like right that moment when it forms? I would say 
that it's perhaps interesting to have the kind of curiosity of maybe it would be possible to do that, but trying to do that creates quite a bit of tension in the mind. It's, it's something that can happen. The continuity of mindfulness, the more we cultivate the, the momentum of mindfulness, it can see the very arising of that thought. It's more the, uh, the uh, very spacious kind of mindfulness that can see that as opposed to, ha- you know, can I see that very beginning of the thought? Sometimes we can even just see an intention to think, you know, that, that just the, the intention to think arises and then we notice that and the thought doesn't ever appear and we never know what that thought would have been. But we, so we sometimes see that, but that more happens with the continuity of mindfulness rather than by, like, I'm going to try to catch thinking. It, that, that activity of looking for the beginning of thought will actually get in the way of seeing it. So have that, you know, you might have that as an intention at the beginning of a sitting, but then just let that intention kind of be there and not try to do it. Yeah. And one, one more in the back, maybe Diana. Thank you. Um, yesterday, I think it was, you also shared um, sometimes your thoughts have the way I interpreted it was strong emotions attached and you decided to just kind of let them be. Um, How do you balance that with, um, sometimes I hear the teaching is the only way to the other side is through. So when do you know when to go through and when do you know when to kind of let it be? Yeah, it's a great question and it's one we all have to learn to have some discernment about that. When to, um, kind of like when thoughts have a strong emotion with them, um, whether to kind of hang with the emotion or whether to turn away, you know, turn the attention to something else, let it be. I think I I talked about bowing to the anger and saying, I'll be back, (laughs) you know. Um, What I would say is that if, being with the emotion, you know, so thoughts and the emotion, that whole complex, um, if, if the thoughts are really kind of coming back and pulling you out of the present moment, and if the, uh, so if it's hard to stay mindful of it, and if the um, emotion is amping up, that would be a time to not necessarily try to stay with it. Because in those cases, perhaps the, uh, the momentum of that emotion is stronger than the capacity to meet it with mindfulness. But if you are able to be with it, and actually one thing I've seen is, you know, with that pattern of that strong emotion, just, I did that for months actually, because it was so strong. And just like, yep, I see you, and I'll be back. <laughs> you know, just I'll be with you when my mindfulness gets stronger. Just that simple little bit of meeting of it, you know, I see you, bow to you, and shifting the attention away without aversion. Over the course of several months, that pattern got weaker and weaker and weaker. So actually, those patterns can weaken without going through them. There is a power to just that simple, you know, kind of let it be. When it's not engaged with, it sometimes will weaken. Not always, but... So sometimes it is going through. But I have actually seen in my own experience something disappear when I was not looking. You know, a whole pattern never to arise again. And it's kind of like weeks later, it's like, wow, that one hasn't come up for a while. <laughs> so, um, so we don't necessarily have to go through it. And, and I would say that the discernment about how strong the mindfulness is, how strong the pattern is, is the pattern amping up that would be the time to step away. But if you can uh, hold it with awareness without it getting stronger, there's a lot of learning that's happening there. So it, it is a little bit of a balance for ourselves. And it's not, it changes day to day. You know, it's not like, oh, this pattern comes up, I can be with it all the time. You know, it might be 
that the conditions are different at another time and there needs to be a stepping away. So it's a discernment that we have to make. So, some announcements. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.